What is homesteading? It's different for everybody. Um, you know, that part of what our conference, the theme that we want to get out is everybody can homestead. You know, it may not be cows, chickens, pigs, big garden, tractors. You know, it may be a vertical garden growing your herbs and maybe some strawberries. But I think it's just kind of the art of, of um, being a part of the process of where your food comes from. You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gravey. Hi, Chris. Welcome to Food Integrity Now. Hi, Carol. Thanks for having me. Well, I am super excited to have you on today. And before we get started, I'm going to let people know who you are. Dr. Chris Bowman helps families live a holistic and healthy lifestyle free from medical dependence. He is a diplomat in pediatric and prenatal chiropractic and the founder of Trailhead Family Chiropractic in Southern California. He's soon to be a best-selling author with his book, perspective, rewire your brain for success in abundance. This book is a culmination of his experience as a clinician, entrepreneur, father, and farmer to help people adopt the abundance mindset and success lifestyle from a neurological level. Finally, Dr. Bowman and his wife started First Fruits Homestead in 2020 and practice regenerative agriculture methods, which start with creating healthy soil for healthy plants, then healthy animals for healthy food products. Wow, you're doing a lot, Chris. <laughs> you know, when I hear it read back, it's like, geez, how do I do all that? <laughs> well, you're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. So I'd like to know a little bit more about you and your journey. So could you share a little bit about your story? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I mean, I grew up uh, fairly, fairly typical, you know, American, I don't know, lifestyle, you know, my mom tried to put some veggies, some meat and some carbs on our on our um, on our dinner table and and healthiest lunches. But I'd also, you know, drink soda and have desserts and, you know, all that stuff, too. Um, it wasn't until chiropractic school that I really started to understand the impact of of food on us. It could impact my acne. It could impact my hormones, it can impact uh, my clarity of, of thought and my sleep and my energy. Um, so I started uh, experimenting just a little bit, you know, I, I went raw for six months, I, I did, um, you know, I did less meat, I, you know, I kind of just went through all the different styles of, of eating and, and found a way that, you know, kind of works best for me to give me energy and, and fuel me up and constantly tinkering things, you know, a little bit. And that combined with what I was learning about chiropractic, getting to the root cause of your body's problems rather than just putting a bandaid on it because even food can still be as much as it is beneficial can still be either not absorbed well or or um not processed well if your nervous system isn't in a state to actually digest it if you can't release the enzymes because you're stuck in a state of fight or flight you can eat the healthiest meals in the world and you're just going to poop it right out get it right back up or it's just going to sit in your stomach and cause ibs and bloating and constipation and those sort of things um, and that's why I really started to get passionate about um, the pediatric and prenatal chiropractic, because really your gut health starts from the moment that you're born. Now, um, there's tons of research that shows, you know, babies that are born cesarean section versus vaginal birth has very different microbiomes. And as we know, the microbiome sets you up for 
a healthy immune system, a healthy nervous system. Um, and so, you know, that just, it just became this kind of one step at a time learning process where what I'm eating, what I'm exposing myself to, what I'm exposing my kids to is either going to make them stronger or it's going to, you know, suck life away. And so it's been kind of my lifelong to pursue to continually do things that add life and add joy, um, which is why we started homesteading. You know, we we, we bought the organic food and, and tried to figure out where it was sourced from and whatnot. But we realized there's nothing better than the carrots that we pluck from our garden or the the meat that we harvest when we've seen it from, you know, a, a baby, you know, all the way through. And um, and that that's kind of like the, the pinnacle. And, and now it's about how can we make this food that we're eating and raising ourselves the most nutrient dense food available rather than just being farm fresh or, you know, whatever it is. And that's how we got into the more regenerative side of things where um, letting the land rest and, you know, using all parts of the animal and using all the animals uh, to, to contribute to the ecosystem in their own way. Um, and so we've just fallen in love with this, this lifestyle, even though it's more work than going to the grocery store and unwrapping some chicken and putting it on the skillet, we are invested and I feel like gaining so much more than just eating the product. We get to enjoy the process and the product together. And um, that's what I've really enjoyed teaching. And um, what I've really enjoyed about the homestead lifestyle is, is my kids get to hold the baby chicks, you know, before we get the eggs and my kids get to dig their hands in the dirt, see the seeds that we harvest and then are planting later. And, and it's this process of we're out in the sun getting vitamin D, we're exposing our hands and our bodies to the microbiome, sometimes our mouths, which I wouldn't, <laughs> I don't like it when my son eats dirt, but nevertheless, you know, it happens and we're getting this holistic exposure to, to, to health, to life, rather than just a small part of it being, you know, maybe the organic food that we buy. Um, so that's kind of how we've gone step by step, you know, just kind of the more we've, we've known, the more experience we've got, the more people that we've networked with, it's just all about leveling up our life in ways that bring joy in, in all parts of the, the, um, the experience. Wow, that's fantastic. So before we get into talking a little bit more about homesteading, I want to hear more about your book. Yeah. Uh, so in uh, 2019, um, I'd been in practice for uh, four years already. Um, each year I had grown more and more and more. Um, in 2019, I decided this was going to be the year that I took it to the next level. Um, I spent a lot of money on uh, marketing. I hired an associate before I could support her. Um, I went all in on, on growth. And what I um, kind of forsook is is the brand identity of Trailhead Family Chiropractic, where we invest into you, not just from an adjustment, but we know your family. Uh, we ask how you did, you know, how your soccer game was on the weekend and pray for you. And, you know, we're, we're really intentional with the people that we that we have. And I lost that and I became focused on the numbers. And so by the end of 2019, um, I had to let go of most of my staff, including my associate. Um, I was down to the last $300 in my bank account and I really kind of had to, had to take a gut check. You know, I, I it was, it would have been easier to just sell the practice or close it and bail and just take an associate job, clock in and clock out and not figure out, you know, what, what happened. And, um, a couple months went by of, of making just enough to pay payroll and pay rent and, and whatnot. And finally it, it hit me. I had started, uh, I was consumed with what the practice could do for me rather than what I can do for other people. My, my people became a, a stat line, you know, my adjustments became a number. Um, my, my people represented dollar signs rather than a, a family and, and um, 
and legacy. And so really all I had to do was flip the perspective on, on when I walked through the doors, what is my purpose? What is my goal? And um, that's why it's called rewire your brain for success and abundance. Because I was stuck in a state of stress because I needed money, I was only making decisions that would fit my immediate needs. I was in survival mode. I needed shelter, I needed food, and I needed water. You know, I, I wasn't necessarily thinking about what type of shelter, how good is my water, how good is my, you know, food or, you know, those sort of things. Um, and once I flipped the perspective and started investing into people, doing workshops, going the extra mile, people started coming back. They started referring. And, and so I discovered the abundance mindset, in my, in my opinion, is not going through life for what you can get. It's going through life looking to serve others. And in serving others, you will be fulfilled. You will be um, in, in abundance. You will have more money. You will have more produce. You will have more connections. You will have more joy, more energy. All of that will come back to you because what, what you give is, is going to you know come back. And I realize a lot of people want to think like that, but they have physiological and neurological hindrances that won't let them get there. If their nervous system is, is physiologically stuck in the state of fight or flight because of this um, chronic pattern of sympathetic dominance in their body, they, they may want to dream about vacation or a new home or you know something like that. But if their nervous system is stuck, they can only do it so much before they get burnt out. And so that's why the, the first chapter really goes into before we start talking about purpose and goals and vision and you know thinking with that abundance mindset of what we can do for others, let's first get your body right. Let's check your digestive system. Let's check your mental, emotional health. Let's check your nervous system health. And once those things are all lined up, now your body's in a state to dream. Your body's in a state to now, from a position of ease rather than desperation, you can make decisions. And um, I, I think it's it's been powerful for people that that read it because like I never looked through life about what I can do for others. It's always been about what do I need in a job? What do I need at the store? What do I need? And that shift in perspective is really helpful because it's it's going it's going to make the world a better place. It's going to make us all have purpose and have value rather than get get all you can and hoard before you die and then yeah. there's nothing there's nothing left, you know. Well, I love what you're saying. To me, you're you switched your intention. Yeah. And when you switch your intention, you switch your outcome. Yeah. And so it sounds like you just became more service minded. Yeah. And when, when, and I personally understand this because uh, I've been, I've had times in my life where I'm in that, well, how am I going to make money? How am I going to do this? But when I shifted that to coming from a place like I want to, I want more clients because I want to serve more people, <laughs> not, not looking at them as they're they're going to help me survive because i quite frankly don't believe there's anything to survive i think we're here to thrive so mm -hmm. um so i love that uh i'll have to be honest i have not read your book but i definitely i definitely will and uh i did not even know about your book until i read your bio but <laughs> um but i know now do you still practice full-time or part-time or how, how does that um work it's probably technically part-time it's a couple half days and a couple full days okay um, but yeah i mean I'm, we're still seeing a couple hundred people a week and whatnot so it's not like i just see one or two people mm -hmm. right and, and so do you have um besides getting an adjustment and stuff do you, you practice other holistic 
specific practices there? Or can you say a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to stay in my lane in a sense of like chiropractic is going to be our main priority. Like people right. don't see me just for nutritional advice, you know, right. but when we get to a point where their nervous system is on track and dial it in and they're holding their adjustment, that's when we start to look at, okay, let's continue to support the adjustment, support your nervous system through other avenues, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I just ask questions that people might not be asking themselves. Um, for example, my, I think it's my favorite example as of late. Um, somebody was, was always tired all the time. So they're always consuming coffee and uh, you, you go cup by cup and you don't really realize, you know, how much you're, you're having. And so I asked like, how many, how much do you have a day? And she's like, Oh, probably like three. I'm like, um, three. So three cups a day. She's like, Oh no, like three pots of coffee a day. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my word. And and when she said it out loud, she's like, Oh, that's a lot of coffee. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. so I was just asking those things. So I wasn't like taking a health history and saying that's wrong. You need to redo it. It's just exposing the habits that they, you know, it's just kind of something they run to push a button and you don't really realize it, you know, and drinking less coffee. She had more energy, ironically enough, because her adrenals weren't being blasted, you know, 24 seven. Um, I've had somebody else where, you know, we get them mostly out of pain. Their nervous system is going good. Uh, but now we need to do some exercises to support, you know, so I asked them, uh, you know, are you sitting on your wallet? Are you driving? Uh, you know, so it's just kind of those little things that we do time after time that really build up into um, a, a bad neurological habit. Um, I don't do um, personally like blood testing and sensitivity testing and you know, like those sort of things. Uh, I typically refer out to people that that's all they do. And I think that works out better for the patient because then they're getting the best of the best in each aspect of the life rather than a jack of all trades where I could miss something, especially with the mass amount of clientele, you know, that we see. Um, but my favorite thing to do, and, and it's why I, I focus in prenatal and, and um, pediatric chiropractic care is I love it when I get to see a pregnant mom, um, first baby, second baby, doesn't really matter, but um, first are, are really fun. Uh, they're new to the whole thing. They're, they're open to different perspectives and um, I'm able to share like these are the tests that medicine is going to want you to do. These are your options. They're going to make it seem like it's not optional. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to take the diabetes test and get all that, you know, food dye and, and high fructose corn syrup and all that stuff. Like you don't have to do these shots if you don't want to. You don't have to get induced. Like, you know, all these things. It's like research it and live life independent of the medical system. Put them back in their place where they're there to serve you, not you to serve them. Your birth isn't a medical extraction. It's a miracle of life. And so let's treat it like that, you know? And then with the babies, like, hey, do you realize like you don't have to do antibiotics every time for an ear infection or you don't have to, there's other options besides medications for your kid's ailments. Let's get to the root cause rather than just putting a bandaid on it, which is usually what medicine tries to do. And unfortunately, most of the medications that are actually given to kids are given off label. Like most of them aren't even approved for pediatric use things like Miralax and Xanax and you know, like those yeah. sort of things that, that are being prescribed that are causing neurological issues just parents don't know that there's another option out there and so that's really what I try to do in my practice rather than give advice I like to ask different questions um and I I uh I had a, a family come in yesterday. They brought their baby in. Um, uh, first, first kid. You know, you, you remember being a first-time parent, and, and you know, it's all, all the you're aware of all the things because it's all so new. It's kind of like learning to drive. You know, how can I hit my blinker, look left and right, push the gas pedal? You do all that at once. Eventually, it becomes second nature. But when it's new to you, it's just this this whole wide world of so many things going on. And um, 
baby had a bad reflux. Um, so they switched from breast milk to formula because the pediatrician said it'd be thicker. So it'd stick better. And the formula wasn't thick enough. And so now they're putting like some gel substance in there to make it like really thick to stick with the stomach. And, um, and I asked like, Hey, was the baby ever checked for a lip or tongue tie? Because the mechanics of how the food is going down matters. Obviously we're going to check your spine too, and make sure that there's no stress in the system so it can properly digest. Um, and they, they had said they had a lactation consultant in the hospital. And I was like, well, it, a lot of times the hospital is busy. Like, the, the, you know, they're, they're not super up to date on, on the, on the trending stuff. Like, and that's what I try to do. So if you don't mind, I'd like to check that. And, and I felt the baby's mouth and the, the palate did not feel, I won't go into that, but the palate did not feel how it's supposed to. The baby was sucking food down, blowing up the stomach. And so it had no way to digest it all. And it's either going to go down or it's going to go out and up is the easiest way. And it was just this very like brand new world to them. Like I didn't, I don't have to listen. Like my doctor could be wrong. My nurse could be wrong. Like, you know, it's, it's like this novel concept, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not here to bash medicine, but I'm just here to give another perspective. Take whatever one, you know, your mom gut says, but let's look at all of our options and figure out which ones makes is the best decision for you and your family. Um, so that's how I like to practice chiropractic being number one. We'll troubleshoot different areas. If we find an area like, uh, so there, there's some sensitivity that we don't know what it is. I definitely have resources within the area that they can, you know, I can refer out to. And like I said, um, we get the comprehensive care. It's not that I don't believe in that. It's just, I love to stay in my lane. Um, and I feel like that's where I, I best serve them. Um, you know, be, being their chiropractor and, and kind of guide rather than consultant. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. So let's start talking a little bit about homesteading. Uh, first of all, you know, it, it's there's a lot more people homesteading now mm -hmm. than there were two, three years ago. Yeah. And I think COVID was probably the impetus for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. But let, let's talk about for some of our listeners who are not real familiar with the concept. What is homesteading? It's different for everybody. Um, you know, that part of what our conference, the theme that we want to get out is everybody can homestead. You know, it may not be cows, chickens, pigs big garden tractors, you know, maybe a vertical garden growing your herbs and maybe some strawberries. But I think it's just kind of the art of, of um, being a part of the process of where your food comes from. I think that's the best way to, to describe it. Um, for us, uh, you know, our, our homesteading, is, it looks a little bit different than some people. Our major focus is our protein. Like we want to be 100% self-sufficient on our protein recognizing that we still might have to buy some of our veggies or carbs, you know, those sort of things. But our freezer or our animals is always going to be full of, of our protein. That's, that's, you know, kind of what our focus is. Um, some people that don't want to deal with animals, um, like you guys, you, you have mainly focus on your, your, um, your, 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 you have your orchard and then you have your greenhouses and you have your big gardens. Like right. if you could grow all your own veggies, like that would be, you know, your goal. So I think it's a person participating and sourcing their own food, whether it's veggies or protein or, um, you know, growing forage or, you know, whatever it is, even edible landscapes, it doesn't even have to be your lettuce and your carrots, you know, if it can even be um, landscapes that feed, you know, feed the wildlife around you or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I think it's participating in where you source your food. All right. So let's talk about the health and homesteading event that's coming up. And it's going to be in, um, in Murrieta. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited about it. Can you talk a little bit about what the conference is all about and maybe talk about, you know, what you're going to be covering in this? Sure. Event? Yeah, I'd love to. We're, 
we're super excited. Um, we did our first one last year in, in June and just kind of on a, on a whim, you know, really like, let's just see if there's some, there's enough people to support, um, enough people that, that want, you know, information license. And it was so much fun. Um, we had a lot of people and there's, like you said, more and more people moving to the area that want a homestead. Um, and there's nothing really around here that is, um, as, as, uh, um, well-versed in, in topics, you know, there's maybe a flower conference or a poultry conference or, you know, like, but there's not necessarily like a homesteading conference that also combines the, the, the health part of it, the nutrient dense part of it. Cause you can homestead, throw your pigs and chicken trash and eat that meat. And it's not going to, you know, I mean, you're, it's, you're putting in a lot of effort for not a lot of nutrition. And so we wanted to provide an event where not only are we teaching you how to um, you know, life skills, uh, gardening and composting, you know, those sort of things. But we're also teaching you the why behind it, why it matters to have good soil, why it matters to have systems and rest and, and the effects on our health, you know, from conventional foods. And, and so we have um, people like myself, that's going to be speaking um, on homesteading topics. I'm, I'm speaking specifically on pigs. That's something that we focus on on our farm. Um, but I'm also speaking on raising healthy families, um, you know, holistically, independent of the medical system, kind of what I preach, you know, all day, every day. So not necessarily a homesteading topic, but including homesteading because homesteading provides such an amazing opportunity for like we talked about in the very beginning for all the health benefits that you can get from food, from the vitamin D to the microbiome in your hands, to the emotional resilience of planting something and being excited and then seeing the bunnies eat it and having to replant it or, you know, whatever it is, you get benefit from every angle rather than just what you're putting in your mouth, you know? Um, and so, uh, the second thing is homesteading can be very intimidating if you don't know what you're doing and you only have YouTube videos to guide you. Um, and so we also <laughs> wanted to make sure um, we were able to connect people. So not just go to a place where you have a massive amount of information, but provide a essential hub. Um, we, we have a group, which is which is very helpful and amazing, but we have a central hub where people can meet others, you know, because maybe there's group of homesteaders in La Cresta that don't really know each other or people in Old Town Temecula or Wildemar or Menifee, or, you know, and, and these little clumps of people can support each other, whether somebody needs a stock trailer to move a move an animal or somebody um, they want to swap, you know, we have different kinds of carrots and we want to swap, you know, different types or um, like we're doing with your guys's farm, you know, a, 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 a cutting swap, uh, you know, like those sort of, so we wanted to provide an environment that was conducive to let's support each other it's not about competition. It's not about who's better. It's all about let's learn, let's skill share, let's include our families in it. A lot of these families that are coming out here um, in homesteading are from Orange County, LA, San Diego, a very fast paced lifestyle. And they're looking to live a life with their family. Um, and so a lot of people are, are looking for other families that are interested in this crazy lifestyle that's not dependent on video games and public school and you know all these sort of things. So we're teaching everything from beginner gardening if you've never planted a seed in your life or every seed that you plant dies um, you know here's some basics so that way you can at least grow some tomatoes or basil or you know things that do really well out here to very advanced gardening um from a, a friend named josh anderson on uh, succession gardening and and um what's a companion gardening to organic permaculture um composting we're having a, a girl um, her Instagram handle is, hey, it's a good life. Um, her name's Natalie. Coming to talk about worms and, and composting, something that you can have and do in your garage. Like you don't need 20 acres to, to you know, build healthy soil with worms and composting. 
um, all the way to kind of like the classic farm things such as pigs on the homestead, goats, cows, from bees to dairy, um, uh, bees, obviously chickens. We're, we're hoping to have um, you know, some demonstrations on if you've never, um, you know, harvested your own animals to a couple animals that we can kind of just give a demonstration on. Here's what it looks like so that way you can see it live if you're interested on, on doing it yourself and doing it in a humane way, in a way that's not going to make the animal suffer in a way that's not, um, a way that's very different than what's happening in the major, you know, slaughterhouses and, and, and whatnot. Obviously death is never a good thing, but there's a way to honor, uh, you know, the animals and, and whatnot. Um, you know, if, if you choose to to eat meat, if you choose to eat meat, it's going to happen one way or another. So you may as well make sure it's done. The animal's treated well all the way through the end. And then, like I said, the the going to be a couple of tops, topics focused on uh, not only how to grow, how to raise, but how to preserve, um, how to use foods in different ways. I know, Carol, you're, you're going to be talking about eating like your life depends on it. So avoiding foods that um, you know, contain GMOs and glyphosate and and really how to fuel your body with health rather than just fill your belly up with with food um, to um, obviously healthy things like raising a healthy family and just keeping that mindset on um, what we eat and consume and expose us to. They're going to make us stronger or it's going to break us down from our kids to our adults. So what can we do to provide the best health experience for our families? Well, I'm really excited about my topic because I find that there are so many people that are confused. Very few of us not go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. we grow a lot of our own vegetables and stuff, but you want to know what you're buying. And some of the labeling is so deceptive. Yep. And I hear this all the time. Well, oh, okay, I bought this. It says non-GMO, so it's good. Well, non-GMO is good. But if it's not organic, it could be grown with pesticides and chemicals. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and even to the level of some people see the label natural yeah. and they think, oh, but it's all natural. And right. it, that doesn't mean anything. So so I really feel like it's important to do that little education piece first Absolutely. and then talk about nutrient density and the importance of of cooking whole foods and feeding your family and. Yeah. Uh, so I love I love everything that is going to be happening at this conference. I went last year and I was really blown away. Uh, I, you know, I just I had no idea what to expect. Mm -hmm. You know, probably you didn't either. Right? Uh, nope. <laughs> and it was just it exceeded my expectations. So I'm so, so excited to be part of it this year. Yeah. And there's something for everyone, really. You mm -hmm. don't have to have a five acre property. Nope to come to this you know yep. it's uh we it's actually have a specific talk on homesteading options for track home families and we're gonna um austin who who runs a homestead out of his backyard he does quail he has gardens vertical gardens you know they're they're doing the thing in a, in a track home um because we don't want people to feel like just because they can't have cows or you know whatever that they can't homestead uh, we want to make sure that everybody's interested in where their food comes from and that they can take part you know, even if it's on a small level of just growing your herbs, you know, for your own teas or for your own, you know, growing, having one tree that gives you your citrus or, you know, whatever it is. Are you going to be um, covering the topic of food for us too? Is that, yeah, is that yeah. So Josh be is gonna, on? Yep. So that's kind of going to be the same talk as succession planting, um, companion planting and, and food forestry. Um, the it, It's, it's really, he's ahead of his time. He's an old soul that is like doing things that, 
you know, it's, it's kind of like, I never, ever would have thought of that. Like when we think of traditional orchard planting, we're planting them, you know, 10 feet apart, like your guys' orchard, you know, right. 10 feet apart and you know, whatnot. So you can fit the tractor through and, you know, all those sort of things. And, and what he was telling us is like, we're planting like two inches, you know, apart trees, like two inches apart and, and whatnot, recognizing that some trees are going to sprout up really fast. If you're planting an oak tree, obviously that's going to take a long time. And so by the time this one's, you know, six feet tall and going to die off, or, you know, whatever, the oak tree is now strong enough to sustain in the intense heat that we have, or it doesn't have bug pressure or like, you know what I mean? It's this way of thinking of like the, the, everything has a, a timeline, you know, like this thing is going to be alive for two years and four years and six years. And this is what he calls it the climax product. Like, you know what I mean? The thing that you want to be there for, for the long time and then building up the underbrush underneath it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. And, and the, the person that he's learning from, I don't remember his name, um, but it's a guy from um, from South America. And he said, we're, we're, we're spending so much time building reserves, excluding humanity, when humanity is going to be the ones that are here for the long haul, let's build environments for the permanent inclusion of humanity. Not that we're taking away, but through our presence, we're making things better. You know, yeah. and I'm like, that's brilliant. Like, obviously, keeping humans out of it is, you know, is, is one way to preserve things for how they were. But if we can improve it, if we can plant things that are going to increase, you know, food forage, and you know, you look at, um, you know, you guys are, are on the verge of you got 40 acres on the verge of San Mateo wilderness and whatnot. I'm sure that area was dense with deer and, um, and um, coyotes and mountain lions and bobcats and raccoons and you know, and the deer population is, is hardly there. Like all these herbivores really aren't there anymore, because there's, there's not there's no management of the, the, the forest, like, you know, it's, it's all just raising up it gets too hot it burns down and, and there's no so if we can create an environment where we're supporting the animals and we get enough and we're able to live this life together it's like what a what a novel concept you know yeah um, it's beautiful so yeah anyways i got on a tangent okay so if somebody's interested in, in coming to this conference how do, how do they do they do that yeah, yeah they can visit us at healthandhomesteading.com um we're on instagram as well it's health underscore and underscore homesteading um you know if you want to keep on up to date uh we have a, a thing on online you can subscribe to our email list we're sending emails out on um, information about our various speakers but the the schedule is up there everything's you know up there that you can see um so we have a general admission and we have a vip experience the vip is a little bit more um you'll get you know, it's like some some free swag and whatnot from our vendors. Uh, but then also we're going to do a Q&A panel at the end um, as an experience that only you get. So if you want a more intimate experience with, you know, the people that are speaking, um, that's going to be a cool option. Great. So healthandhomesteading.com. Yep. Okay. And uh, I will put a link to that on the show awesome. page so people can just click on that. But Chris, I love, I love what you're doing and it's really exciting and I'm really happy to be a part of all this. And I just, I love the whole idea of, well, not only being, you know, self-sufficient, but also the community mm -hmm. and the people I've met through living on a homestead has just mm -hmm. been wonderful. So thank you for bringing this all together for us. And uh, thanks for being on the show today. It's thank really, so much. Yeah. really great stuff. Thanks to our listeners. And we'll be back soon with another great show. Mm -hmm.